Hey everybody, welcome back to the First Issue Club Podcast, your weekly meeting of the minds where we talk about the best issues of the week. What are those, you ask? Well, they're the first issues of every new series. We come here to talk about them, to discuss them, and to enlighten ourselves and you as well. I am Greg. With me is Mike Dean Budget King. Hello. Hey. And before we get started, before we get into news, I just want to say a deep and thoughtful gratitude response to Boulevard Beer for sponsoring our show. Mm-mm-mm. Space Camper IPA. It'll send you to the moon. If you're 21 and up. <laughs> Delish. Do not drink and drive. Or text and drive. Or eat food and drive. Or just drive. Just drive. Yeah. Can I say, I found... A million copies of the Chad McBoseman Spawn book in a dollar bin today. And it made me think of this podcast and how all-encompassing it is for different sorts of people. Go on. Because you had, I had a lot of people that had just like never stepped foot in a comic shop the day that came out. Yep. Being like... Could you grab me this? Like, oh, do you have that? Oh my God, you have it? Is it... It's $20. Amazing. I'll buy five. (laughs) Yeah. And now there's just like tons and tons and tons of them just hanging out everywhere. And us being old salts of the biz know that we're not going to buy a book for $20 when they overprint it like that. We'll wait a year and it'll be in the dollar bins. So whether you're an overpurchaser or a waited out fan... We're here for both of you. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you can no guide shade, you. No shade if you bought it for 20 bucks. No, uh-uh, not at all. And it's, you know, it's cool to have anything that gets you excited about. It's a lesson comics. learned for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, like I said, we're First at You Club. Welcome in. Today we'll be doing DC Vampires and Enter the House of Slaughter. One's on DC, one's on Boom. We'll get to those in a minute. Image. Is it on Image? Yeah. Oh, I think I... No, it's on... Is it on Image? I mean, why would why would Image take the book that's on Boom, do the sequel to it? I think we did this oh, last time. It is on Boom. I'm I've got crossover in my head still. You got crossover sorry, on sorry, the brain. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It here's the thing. It feels like an Image book because it's probably the biggest indie book yes. that it, it exists currently right, right now. Right. And so it's like, oh, of course that would be yeah, on Image. It should be on Image, but it's on Boom. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we get into that, does anybody have any news? You do. I do. <laughs> Crackle Barrel selling comic books. Okay, hang on. Are you being serious? Cracker Barrel, the I'm American institution at very, this point. Very familiar. Although I don't believe it's on the like the coasts, really. Uh, it's definitely a Bible Belt <laughs> thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that to be true, but I can't imagine. I don't like... Dollars see- to donuts, Crackle Barrel <laughs> is not on the coasts. I don't think there's one in like Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, or LA. Right. <laughs> I can see a Cracker Barrel in the, in the LA skyline. This okay. is the restaurant that fam- famously apologized to its customers who bullied them into carrying products by racists. Do you remember like the whole Duck Dynasty thing? Yeah. Yes. They had like a lot of... Duck Dynasty joke merchandise. Yeah, and then one of those guys went on like a racist tirade, and then they pull, <laughs> and then they pulled the, the merchandise. Yeah, and then the and then gu- all the racists that eat there. Yeah, we're like, we want Duck Dynasty back, or I'm never eating at Cracker Barrel Where's again. Where's our bearded duck guys? Cracker Barrel issued an apology for pulling it. For pulling it. Yeah, 
and put, Only in the, put the product back Man, on shelves. I hate, okay, wait. So, so I was like, I'll never ever go into one of these. Places. Right. So yeah, Crackle Barrel, unless it, they get exclusive variants, and then I'm in. <laughs> oh mama. Well, <laughs> we can just skip it because we're not going to be going in there. They're, no, no, no. I want to. I want to hear what they're selling. It, they've merged with Tokyo Pop. Okay. And they're selling their Nightmare Before Christmas manga in the Crackle Barrel like <laughs> gift shop. Is the Crackle Barrel is an enigma because it's the only place I know where you have to walk through a gift shop before you can eat. It's fucking brilliant though. Because what are you doing? You're waiting for your table. I'm gonna buy some tchotchkes. I'm gonna buy some salt and pepper shakers that look like dwarves. Yeah, or like uh, the red slippers from Wizard of Oz. Right. Like some stupid ass shit. Yeah, or, or a puzzle. Or a Tokyo Pop <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas manga. I just watched that movie today again. Again? Okay. Yeah, I mean I've seen it before, but it's it holds up. It does hold up. It's crazy. Yeah. Bungo Bungo does it again. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll be swinging by Crackle Barrel. For yeah, that, so if you want to pick up your, uh, your kick-ass comic books and a biscuit and gravy, yeah, go to Crackle yeah. Barrel. Yeah. A bucket of butter with every meal. <laughs> no shit. And a side of grits with everything. <laughs> and lots of no-masked people. I I bet if they have the policy to apologize to racists, they don't allow masks in Cracker Barrel. <laughs> the other thing is, like, I don't go to a restaurant where they set up rocking chairs out front and encourage you to just rock while you wait for your food. Not only are they rocking chairs, they're oversized rocking yeah. chairs, which speaks to their clientele. <laughs> oh, I thought they were just, like, comically big to make you look, like, small. I think they're comically big to make their big people feel normal. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, then more power to them. Uh, another news. I, the, the news can only go up from here. It can only go. We have a rock solid base here, made of gravy. Uh, writer Peter Milligan and artist Michael Allred are teaming up again. Oh, great! Uh, to do an excellent comic book. It is a spinoff from Ecstatics. Ah, uh, that's awesome. And we've been waiting this, waiting for this for a long time. We all three here are huge mm-hmm. Ecstatic fans. Yep, we got like what one special release one shot over mm-hmm. the past like. Five years or something, mm-hmm. and it's been a minute. Yep, and so they have a the classic Mike Allred oh, that's uh, beautiful. illustrations, and we got Dark Dupe in the bottom here. Don't know who that little guy is, but oh. an alternate reality dupe. Okay, <laughs> so we're ready to rock and roll with this bad boy. Uh, that's going to be out in uh, 2022. So mark your calendars. We'll be covering it. So if you want to know how it is, it'll be hella pre-ordered. By oh, me. Oh, yeah. I'll buy it the first opportunity I can. So apparently, Excellence mm-hmm. uh, debuted in Giant Size Ecstatic number one. Which was that, which which was that weird one-off. annual yeah. thing. Yeah, which is that weird thing. Yeah. So maybe that weird thing will become... We covered that on the show, actually. I Did think. we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe that will be valuable. It's currently a dollar. <laughs> it's funny. We had this conversation before the episode started. We're excited for the story. Mike... <laughs> Budget King over here is just like, my collection is only increasing in value. <laughs> I mean, I just try to give the angles of relevance for you. Because it's uh, it'd make for a boring podcast if we were just like, oh, stories are all that matter. If every one of your comic books was an NFT, you'd be so rad. Hey, you you tweeted this thing that like uh, earlier this week that I was like, that makes so much fucking sense. Go for it. It was, it was something, it was a retweet about like all of the like shit statements or racist statements from people in comic books are collectors not readers yes is that am i quoting that correctly you, you are yeah you're okay. quoting that correctly yeah um well, our our friend aaron who is like a big comic book collector and stuff like that uh tweeted out that most of speckers and like rec- like people are trying to flip books are like 
the racist ones and bigoted ones, and they're the ones that are pissed off about, like, for example, Superman kissing yeah. a boy. Yeah. But the like actual story readers are, are right. pro- 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 progressive and and, <laughs> no, yeah. and our listeners. If you had an iota of context <laughs> for what situationally is going on, uh-huh. it would be like, oh yeah, this is natural storytelling stuff. That's why it's so hilarious when that stuff ha- like gets to Fox News. Yeah, it's just like you guys have no idea what's happening. <laughs> right, none. And like, it just speaks to like the complete disconnect from the casual normal world that it lives outside of comic books. Yeah. And when they try to infiltrate and we're just like, fuck off. Like and you why don't they, know what you're doing. They called Dean Kane on to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't hasn't read a comic in like <laughs> forty five years since he was preparing for the role right. in the first place. And hasn't portrayed Superman, who isn't even the bisexual one in the comic books in over thirty years. Right. Um there so speaking of like that type of I guess LGBTQ representation. Yes. There is news about a book we covered last week. Mhm. We uh covered Nubia on the last week's show and then the writers uh Stephanie Williams and uh Vita Ayala came out and they said uh there Bia. was a, Huh? The character Bia. Bia is a was a trans woman and when she was reborn in the uh well of souls she was reborn as a uh, woman, an oh. Amazonian woman. So there was a. So you wouldn't have known it from reading the comic. No, I don't. I never got any inkling of it until I saw this pop up in my news feed. Right, and the the response from the authors was they wanted it to be like a natural, sure. kind of storytelling thing. They didn't want it to be like highlighted or like yeah. kind of, you know, which like, is different than Dumbledore, where you're like, oh, God, uh, yeah. actually, he was gay. Yeah, who, who and funny that a turf wrote that, <laughs> right? It's like, give me a break, but yeah, like it, it felt natural, it didn't take away from the story, you know, that when we initially read it, that we didn't pick up that that character was trans at all, yeah. And they said the assumption you can make moving forward is that at any given time, some of the Amazons mm-hmm. are gonna be trans in their previous life before they came to oh, be cool. mascara, yeah, That's awesome. And that's great. Yeah. And we'll move on. And when Fox News picks this up, <laughs> we'll shake our heads again. Because ultimately, someone's going to pick this up. And You see today the first uh, passport was issued with a, a non-M or F. You can get an X now to, to designate your gender. Oh, cool. Interesting. Uh, on your passport. Yeah. Cool. Inclusivity. Mm-hmm. It's that easy, folks. <laughs> Isn't it, Literally though? Literally the easiest thing in the world. Uh, external trailer... Uh, oh, sorry, external reviews are starting to trickle out from the are media. You, are you meaning eternal? Yes, Eternals. Okay. <laughs> I was like, external, I've not heard of. The Marvel Eternals reviews are slowly trickling out. Okay, and, and, and good? They're complicated? Yeah, that makes sense. They uh, The word on the street is they went too big. It went mm. a little too murky with the uh, backlog and the lore. And we kind of knew this with Jack Kirby... And like what the yeah. Eternals comic books are in general, and we were kind of scratching our heads when the movie got announced. Anyway, of why this? Why this? Mm-hmm. And, and tone like the just the preview tonally looks more in line with a DC thing. Yeah, and that was a common reference. We're like too moody, too big, too quick. Mm-hmm. Are just associated with those movies. One thing I have been hearing though is that the after credit scene slaps in this one. Yes. So I but, just keep, I have no 
concept or clue of what it is. I'm trying to avoid spoilers at all cost. Yeah. But I just hear it's incredible. Yeah. But all it can be is a reveal or a tie-in or a some like it's it an announcement of something right. new. It can't be something like cinematic. So the 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 you're just saying like the cinematography is not just like wow spell. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> it's like a two minute scene of like the to ocean say, erupting to say the that fire. it slaps. It's, the, it's a bag blowing in the wind. <laughs> oh, now that would get me. That would get me rock hard. Now that's cinema. And the bag says Excelsior yeah. on it. <laughs> that's the Stan Lee cameo. Uh, to say that something slaps would imply like the viewing of it makes you feel like emotionally evocative and and you're like really like into it. Yeah. It, Easter eggs are typically just like, ah, cool, they're going to tie in some bullshit. Yes. But maybe this is more. I don't know. Maybe I chose the wrong adjective. No, you chose the right one. I didn't know how you identify with the word slap, but (laughs) people are really excited about it. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like, I think I would have had this same reaction to, like, the, what was it, Guardians of the Galaxy, when Howard the Duck Howard showed the up Duck. at the end. I was like, oh my God, wait till you see the Which end they sequence. never did anything with. Still, it's fine. It was fun to just he's, have him in the movie. He's popped up throughout other movies. In the background and things yeah. like yeah. that. Uh, most famously at the end of Infinity War, the big oh, fight yeah. scene, he's yeah. carrying one of the biggest guns on oh, the battlefield. Yeah, I forgot about that. I love it when they make a whole three-hour movie just as a preview for a new movie they're going to make. <laughs> it's my favorite thing about the Marvel movies. I honestly tune out for those three hours, and I'm like, oh, boy, here me comes too. the credit scenes. Yeah, yeah. Wake me I got to sit through all the start. key grips and all the VFX workers. Give me that bump of cocaine. I'm ready to watch. So, yeah, I have heard that the end credits for Eternals slapped. Um, I spoiled myself and found out what they were. So, Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm, that's why I'm staying completely emotionless. Yeah, with my face. Did you, you did you look for it on purpose? Oh, it was spoiled for me. That sucks. Because guess who's on Twitter all the time? Yeah, yeah, boy. Hard to avoid. Okay. And a reviewer did it. V- Variety did it. You're kidding. Not even a little that bit. That sucks. Yeah, like the but, day but, of. But the wait, the Hollywood movie release. the movie's not out yet. It well, is. so reviewers get to see it. Three weeks beforehand, okay. and then the embargo was lifted this week. This is what we talked about. We were going to cover a crossover today because Mike got a copy of it. Well, uh, many shops got it across America. Crossover nine. Yeah, but it part is, of the image shipping delay. It's not on Comicsology. It's not reviewed anywhere, and so like Image would appreciate it if you did not if you pretended like. It, it didn't exist it yet. It didn't exist yet, and that you you pretended like it was next week. So we're not covering it this week, but this variety, they didn't they right. didn't play by the rules. Right. But to, in that same vein, reviewers such as us do get things early in our emails. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same thing. And in, in, in those emails, they're just like, you can't say anything until this date about right. what you read. This guy did not read the assignment and just... Spilled the whole beans. You get in trouble? How do, do things think? get that far? Like, an editor has to see this. It's like you're spoiling the post credit scene. It's, that's great. It was on his personal Twitter. That's a big... Oh, was it really? And he has that blue check mark. He's a popular reviewer. Right. So, instantly. Boo. But, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's sitting at a cool 73%. So, it's still fresh. Okay. 73% is good. Yeah. It gets you a fresh tomato. <laughs> I don't know what the cutoff for a rotten green tomato is. All right, so can we talk a little more about the printing delays? We talked about it a little last week. Mm-hmm. But like we mentioned, I got Crossover 9 this week. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the Todd McFarlane video he posted to social? No. When he was kind of like 
announcing that Gunslinger was going to come out a week later. What did the Todd father have to say? He's holding like probably eight issues of Spawn Gunslinger, like the just different covers of Uh issue one. And he's like, okay, so I know a lot of people are expecting this book today. And he looks like so annoyed. And he's like, we have eight, eight covers that are ready. And some stores, I guess, sell these books in bundles and they don't want the other books to come out because they want to sell them to customers as like a pack of 10 instead of selling the eight today and waiting for like the other two next week. Wait, really? Yes. And he was like, that is the big mo." We heard Image Comics heard from enough stores that said... My comic shop wants to sell these all in bundles to consumers at once. I have never seen that. Otherwise, they won't buy them if they trickle in later. Um, and I don't, I've never walked into a store mm-hmm. and had them be like, every cover of this issue, number one, in a pack for you for a set amount of money. And never. And here's, that, what, here's what you do and that money shop. would be obscene. You sell them the 10 pack as is and say, we don't have these two yet, yeah, but when back. you come back in for more comics, which I know you're going to do because you're buying a 10-pack of a number one issue, we'll have the comics here for you. And I'll give you a nice slap on the ass. Or yeah, hug. or give them a, a discount. Man, just run your fucking shop correctly. My my thing is is that if like I'm more likely to buy a different cover of something if I see it pop up in my store the next week, right? Yeah. Like if I'm looking at the table and I'm thinking of books I need to read today and what I've got my budget for, I'm not going to like many comics and being like, I'm going to buy four covers of this like one book that I want to read. Right. If it comes out next week and I'm like, yeah, why not? I didn't see this cover. It's cool. I'll add it to the stack. I don't know anyone who's going to buy the 10-pack bundle. It was a crazy reason to delay also, it. Also, you could d- tell. On day one, like wait till the, they're discounted. Or yeah. wait till a year when they're all a fucking dollar. Yeah. So you could tell Todd McFarlane was like, what the actual fuck with this? And who knows? Maybe someone at Image gave him like a dumb reason. And he was just like, I have to go online and apologize for this. Yeah. But there's a video of him kind of like being like, one, two, three. I mean, so many covers, but uh, held up because two didn't get to the printers on time. You know what I hope this does do? I hope it makes people realize we don't need 10 variant covers for one book. Yeah. Like, one main cover and a variant. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And, like, that would stop your backup of, like, paper shortages. And, like, it would stop your LCS from not selling all these random-ass variants they have to buy now. Well, what publisher was it recently that said they weren't even doing, like, second printings anymore? Image. Image, <laughs> Image. yeah. Image came out and Did said, Did we talk no. about that? I posted on the Twitter. It yeah. just came out, like, last week after we posted the show. Image uh-huh. said, no more second prints. Right. Or, or subsequent prints after that. They're like, we're done. Like, it's first prints or nothing. So we might be going that route where they're just like, listen, we're just trying to get things to stores on time. Mm-hmm. Because people are annoyed or pissed. I fucking and, love first prints or nothing. That that makes me really Well, happy. it helps their bottom line, too, because like we've said before, they don't make money off the speculative, speculative second market of these r- printings. That's like the flippers that make the money. So I agree. Like, first printings are nothing. So we'll see. Well, it's going to drive, I'm, I'm assuming it, it'll drive c- the price of first printings up, though, right? Obviously. No. They're still three ninety nine. No, no uh, on the spec on the speculative after. market. Oh, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, if they're not going to be subsequent printings, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. So, so you got to get them. Like yeah, so gotta, as a consumer, I'm just like, oh shit, well, I'm not gonna have a chance to get a second. I'll printing. just pre-order, I'll just pre-order I, all of them. I buy every number one of Image anyway, mm-hmm. so I'll just continue to pre-order them. Does the fact that a second printing exists dilute the value of a first issue at all to you? Yes, to me, it does. Well, here's the thing, because it indicates something like this book was printed the fuck out of. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of them out there. And stuff. So a second printing of it just makes it seem like that's a book that there's a lot of copies in the wild of. Even though there's only one first printing. Yeah, because... Because I'm saying the the first printing could be a low run that people go nuts about. Yeah, exactly. And then it goes into second printing. It used to be that. And I think that second printings get announced now like day of Uh and third printing. So it's like all it just... Now it just means like there's a lot of these. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's a rare occasion. I think what Mike is saying is like books that they don't know are going to pop off. Yeah. Like Stray Dogs. No one knew that book was going to go into the stratosphere with sales. And so that's why they're doing so many multiple printings of it now is because people love the horror poster movie, you know, subsequent yeah. printings. But like they didn't know that book was going to sell out. Like when Saga comes back, they're going to print a fuck ton of Saga, like whatever number they're on now. Just because they know people are going to run and buy it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I will forever be like, I want the first print. Totally. I'm never going to be like, a second print is worth nothing to me. Right. And that's how it was when we were growing up. Yeah. Like, when you have a first printing, it means you were there on the ground floor. You were there (laughs) for the soft open when your friend was doing his bakery. Uh Well, there wasn't, second printing wasn't as like, like didn't happen as much. No. And it meant that it was lesser in value. Yeah, remember like DC just used to do, it would just be like a color, like a tiny little mm-hmm. color difference. Oh, yeah. Same with Marvel. Or like the barcode would be blacked out or yeah. something. Like something foolish. Straight foolish. Straight <laughs> foolish. I would put it in my bike spokes, make it sound like a motorcycle. Toilet paper. All my toilet paper is second second and third issues. You you buy the recycled stuff too? <laughs> One ply. You ever seen like a sixth printing? Yeah, I have a sixth printing. Uh, oh, six printings are the final printing a lot. Is that is that it? I a have lo- a, a lot of image books. They'll say sixth and final, <laughs> six and done, guys. We cannot keep doing <laughs> yeah, this. Dude. Come on. I, I think it's a once in future. I have the sixth printing of. Okay, I have uh, something's calling children. I think it was just because it's so absurd. They're like, uh-huh. I was like sixth printing, like yeah. Okay, I'll get Let's it. Just call it. Yeah, like this is stupid. <laughs> I have some Thor book of like the fourth printing too, and it's like then they they start to do this thing where it's like they do covers that are the reveal of the first cover appearance on like yeah. a fourth printing mm-hmm. or something like that, which is like I'm of two minds of that, I guess. I mean, we keep buying them, so they're gonna keep doing them unless you're mentioned They said no more. You ain't getting it anymore. I hope that helps them. That's a bold move. It's better than anything bad ideas ever done. But yeah, I'm I'm assuming this is something that happened with. Um, crossover two is that the reason that I got it is because the guy at my comic shop was like, I have all the A covers, fuck it. I'm going to put them out on the shelf instead of, and I don't even know, like if they, if diamond sends you these and you just open the box, I don't know how many comic shop owners are like, well, let me cruise my email for like emergency (laughs) notifications from publishers (laughs) that say like, no, 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 wait, please, please. The release date's next week now. Like, I don't know if I'd ever, one, check that stuff in time. Two, I'd probably be like, fuck you, I have it. Yeah, I need to make money now. The other thing, too, is it's like, maybe I'm wrong here. This could be a completely ignorant statement. But it's like, come at me, Diamond. 
Like right. you're, you're gonna shut me down. Like you're on you're on your last leg. You're a dog with three legs, maybe two. <laughs> so <laughs> they lost Marvel and DC. Yeah. They're on two legs. So like uh, I'm good, Diamond. Why don't you Why don't you come at me? <laughs> we newsed it up, and we're gonna talk about DC vampires right now. By oh, this is a double dose of Tinyon. Oh yeah, this is the oh, Tinyon yeah. episode. Both of these books are written by James Tinyon. Uh. I have to say it now, just so we can get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You guys balked at me when Deceased came out. Yes. <laughs> this is kind of along the same lines. You think this is fire? I think this has the potential to become fire, just like Deceased. This is kind of a Elseworldian horror take on the DC universe. What I don't. What I did not appreciate about this book was them hoodwinking you into buying an iVampire book. Like, it felt like this was like Vampires in Justice League, and then it's like, oh, it's actually an iVampire book. What's iVampire? iVampire is an entity that existed on Vertigo. And so I didn't get that. Is that that a character from iVampire? iVampire, the characters in this. Like, that's who the main character is. All right, I did not know that. (laughs) So when you say it like that... I'm doing this motion like, uh, <laughs> like... Like, hurry up. Like, get off the stage. That's what you're doing to me right now. So, okay, that's the eye vampire guy. I Wouldn't guess that make was. it, like, more exciting or more fun that yeah. it's, like, a pre-existing weird it's Vertigo It's also still thing? a DC character if it's on Vertigo. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I guess, I for me, I was just, like, it felt like this is something I don't know about. So now I'm, like, not in. It felt like, like... But it didn't affect you guys, so it is what it is. I thought it was fun because there's no stakes, pun intended, <laughs> and it was like, a, it's right around Halloween, a fun, spooky vampire thing. Yeah. Uh, I trust the Chunyun. He tells a great story. Tiny Onion, we trust. And we got to see one of the Wonder Twins put in a blender. That was fun. Okay, now that was beautiful. <laughs> no, you're right. The 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 mystery of the, beside like, you're right. If you think this more is, shit like that should have happened? If there was just like vampire stuff, yes. I could have done with. A lot more hokiness right. and stuff like that. I think which we'll probably get. This yeah. needed, This was definitely the setup to hopefully more characters in Green Lantern blenders. Okay, so th- this is the weird thing about this book too is that you're reading it and like I guess for me I didn't really have a lot of con. I didn't really like a bunch of previews on this, so I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute, Green Lantern is like kind of fucked in this, and it's like you. It just, it, you didn't like see it. I didn't see it coming. Right. Uh, no one did. <laughs> that was, <laughs> this is like the first thing, I, this hey, is the uh, first issue. And one thing I'll always say about my comic books, keep the surprises out. I don't like twists. I have a bad heart. I like <laughs> expecting and seeing where everything's going. I don't like to be jolted. No characters should ever change. When, when, when Green Lantern exposed that he had fangs, I had to go on my oxygen tank. <laughs> I started having palpitations. It was when we learned that a Justice League member had been compromised, I was like, whoa, fun. Yeah. I loved that. It's lit. Like, we're going in now. Yeah, this is like this is the point at which it's exploding. Yes. So that, we haven't said it yet, but Green Lantern is a vampire in this. Uh-huh. And secret killer vampire. Yep. And, then, and secret killer vampire. <laughs> Not only is he a vampire. <laughs> well, there are good vampires in this. You That's know. true. I vampire mm-hmm. is a who good is, vampire. Who's dead. Green Lantern killed him, right? All vampires are dead, Greg. Oh, clever. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so, yeah, well, 
and even like the so is the eye vampire no more oh I guess in this else world yeah yeah he got killed off in this yeah uh, hard in a blender beautiful oblivion oh man if we could do two more minutes of that <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going um Eve six no uh the the League of uh, Evil oh. superheroes yes got taken out by vampires too yeah Legion of Doom Legion of Doom thank you Good thanks Lord thanks to Lex Luthor yeah Lex Luthor I guess has vampire killing blood in him. Something to that effect. That's one of the fun things about these books that are like, let's step outside of the continuity for a second because it seems like a normal DC book. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like all these major characters have been murdered. Yeah. (laughs) Like that was like fun. Completely offed. Lex Luthor die right away and the Riddler be a vampire already. Yeah. Um, So there were some things about the pacing of it that were fun, but I think I'm with Budgie King in that it could have been, it definitely could have been zanier. It was like in between serious and zany. Mm -hmm. So push the envelope a little more on zany for these like, out of this world sort of comics. Like I, I kind of like the Archie, like Vampironica, oh, right. yeah. sort of take on things where it just is like zero to a hundred immediately. Sure. And that's that was my point about saying like the fact that I vampires it was in this grounded it immediately for me in a place that I didn't want it grounded. I just wanted to follow a vampire into the Justice League. Like I didn't need to know this like this this character that has this history. Or whatever. But, like, Tunyon is such a good author that it didn't matter. Like, it didn't take away from it at all. So, uh, this book was surprisingly great. I've seen lots of good reviews about it. Mm-hmm. So, I think that it will not be like Deceased, which was slightly lukewarm and then fire near the end. <laughs> uh, whereas this is, like, I think fire from the... But you were right on Deceased. Like, you were, you were dead right. Yeah, I knew it was going to take off and you guys scoffed. I did, like... <laughs> Reading it just felt so lame in the number one, but it's not true. It's a good book. I think Deceased did what you wanted this book to do, which was yes. go completely off the rails. And you didn't want that then. Now you do want it. <laughs> well, this book, I'm just glad Nth Metal wasn't in <laughs> Vampires versus Don't DC. Don't even mention its name. <laughs> and I love that like Batman's kind of like our... It, it appears is going to be like our holdout because he's a detective. Yeah. So he's going to f- suss out who is compromised and who isn't. And, and apparently Green Arrow plays a big role in uh, DC Vampires. All right. Next book up. The Tun- Into the House of Slaughter. <laughs> the Tunyon Man himself. He's doing a spinoff series to his book, How'd Erica Get Her Groove? Well, she was part of the House of Slaughter. And- I expected this book to be great. And it was. 100% agree. Yeah. I, I, and this is one of those rare occasions where it's like, expectations were very high for me. Yeah. 100% met. Like, I was just like, oh my God, this is how you do this book. Yep. And the cover looked like it was going to be a weird spinoff, like a money grab. I was not thinking that it would be as good as I needed it to be. I was good. It's a great way to give you like background context. And I love the idea of, um, giving you a different character to figure out the rules of the House of Slaughter. Right. Which is the secret organization that handles the monster killing and something is killing the children mm-hmm. if you haven't been following the series. All right. That's as, as much catching up as we'll give you. Yeah. Um, Erica, the main character in something, 
is such like a, I don't give a fuck about your rules. I'm not paying attention to what you're telling me. And is such a bad character to like view the lens of the history through because of her like fuck all attitude. Mm -hmm. And so to transition to another character who's kind of like, I want to please mommy and daddy at the secret (laughs) organization and type A. Yeah, totally. He's such a good character to like be like, hold on, let's jump 10 years back Mm -hmm. and explain all of this like mysterious cult organization that you've been super curious about throughout the course of something is killing's 20 issues. I think if you compare this to like a Hickman book where it's like Hickman would maybe get into book 16 and then be like, no, wait, the world's fucking huge. <laughs> and it's just it's like, you've lost me. Yeah, This is like the world has way more layers than you think it does. Yeah. We're going to deep dive, but we're still getting the same storytelling. Right. Kind of solidifies Tunyon is like the better author m- masterpiece. Imagine. So imagine Jonathan Hickman and James Tunyon are both dogs on a leash and they're given the exact amount length of leash. The Hickman dog will run right to the end of the leash. Yes. And snap his neck. Totally. And the Tunyon dog will walk gingerly, realizing that he needs to keep enough slack to make sure he doesn't hurt his neck. And this is what we're getting right now. And this is why Tunyon books are far superior than Jonathan Hickman books. Wow. Huge revelation. Hot, hot statement right off the presses on this pod. Put it on a shirt. You're right. They're... uh... Something is Killing the Children, number one, did not need charts and graphs to be good. And leaving some mystery instead of, like, four explainer pages of, like, memos. Fake emails. Memorandum, yeah. <laughs> like, like bl- blacked out like, uh, co- documents. Coded alphabet. Right, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Why am I reading Krakoa in this fucking boom book? Uh, that's a great take. Um, I, I Do you... I got the... Uh, Free comic book day of this. Same. But I I didn't read it. I wonder how much of this book it, it went into. None. None. It was all I was, prelude to I this was book. I was nervous. Oh, when it was I read, all prelude. Okay. Yeah, I was nervous when I read the free comic book day. I was like, oof. Like, i not it, really vibing it with It wasn't this. that good? Okay. Well, it was so short. Like, you couldn't really get into it. No. So, basically, all that it's doing is giving you a little bit of a lens into the relationship between the main character of House of Slaughter and Erica. Mm-hmm. And so it's if you've been reading Something is Killing, this is the one that bridged your gap. So you were like, okay, when I pick this up, I'll have a deeper understanding of what's going on. Right. I do feel like I, if I didn't know about Something is Killing the Children, I still would have had a great ride. I was going to ask comic. you if you felt like House of Slaughter stood up solo. Yeah, I think it does. I think it did. And I, I think it's got a great main character. Yeah. They already set up a love interest. They already did that thing where they tell you kind of how the story ends at the beginning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're dying to know how it gets there. Yeah. So there's so many things going on that are great about it. It gave me kind of um, magician's vibes. It did. Where they're like kids going into this mysterious weird school and there's all these rules they don't know about and they're about to figure out their worlds are like way crazier than they yeah they thought so you gotta earn your teeth (laughs) you gotta earn your teeth i love the that the handkerchief which was a very iconic point of vision for the um franchise holds important like 
denotion of denotion. like your rank. Yeah. They gave it like a reason. It's not just like a thing that looks cool from the character design. They they gave it a background and a history. It yeah. felt like flair. I just thought it was like a cool character design thing throughout the totally, book. which yeah. is like to, like like a grifter thing. When, right. This is like when they reboot things twenty years later, and it's like. Man, everyone gravitated towards this one weird character. So let's make him more important now in the sequel that comes 20 years later. Right. Like, James Tenyon seems like had the thought of that on a much quicker scale. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that was the plan from the beginning. From the beginning to have those handkerchiefs mean something. I'd be but curious to know that. the fact that they do are like is very fucking cool. I would. I, I doubt he does podcasts because I'm sure he's just. Oh, he gets asked all the so time. So busy and so fucking loaded. He's like, mm, no. He's been on a few. I would love to just like sit him down and be like, did you? Did you think? <laughs> I this? would love to just sit him <laughs> sit down, him down to... <laughs> and just smack his bare bottom raw. Like, good job, sir. This, the first thing, if he was on this podcast, I'd be like, say something fucked up, man. <laughs> Like you can do it. We're the kind of the podcast where you can say nine eleven was an inside job. Yeah, go for it. Let me see <laughs> okay. it. all your Q and on. You got you guys know those Dem Island boys. Oh God, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes, right? yeah. I don't know if I even need to explain them to people listening because they've permeated all social media at this point. Right. I saw, I didn't know this about them, and I don't know if this is well known, but I saw a video last night where they were like. Shouting out Infowars. <laughs> okay. And so I guess Dem Island Boys are like far alt-right conspiracy theorists. Cool. Seems like if you get face tattoos, that might be <laughs> in your sphere so of influence. Weird that those guys would be like, hell yeah. Steve Bannon is is my fucking guy. It's my road dog, <laughs> my ride or die. The yeah. Bannon Cannon is here to blast off. So weird. I don't know how we even got on that again, but uh Dem Island Boys. <laughs> Do you think anybody got Dem Island Boys and thought like this is a legit freestyle that I could I, that I fuck with? <laughs> is this jerky boys? This is no. great. I wonder if anyone has demislandboys.com. I'm sure it's been bought. <laughs> I guarantee it's been bought. Hopefully by them. So Enter the House of Slaughter. Great. Uh, side piece to your mm-hmm. something that's killing the children. Yep. Um, if you're into that world, I fell off of something is killing, and I might stay on this one I'm, for a wee bit. I, I think I'm gonna yeah. get that. I'm gonna try to get the uh, the full omnibus the trade or, or omnibus, okay. yes. not the one that sold out like crazy for fifty five dollars or with like the weird glow in the dark thing that you can't get mm-hmm. anymore. Shimmery cover, yeah. There we go. But I do. Our comic shop got two of them. They get snatched up. He was saying, yeah, he's, he said he had them called dibs on by people like weeks ahead. And he was thinking that he was going to get like a lot more given how much yeah. something is killing the that he orders. And he went big on his House of Slaughter order. And, you know, sometimes publishers incentivize or base allotments on those things. But he still, he only was like, I can't believe they just sent me two of them. So Oh, they just gave them as incentive? Like, I'm not I'm not sure, but I think he was expecting his allotment of them to be more. Can you not could you not order them specifically? Maybe not. Like it was like a, a random thing I don't that know showed if, like, up. It was one of those things where like you try to order twenty and they're like, you get two. Gotcha. Because we don't have that many. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there was a limited amount that they did mm-hmm. 
make. So yeah, maybe each store got two or something. Yeah, you're probably like, like are you are you a bundle store? Are you one that that bundles? <laughs> are you a gunslinger off? bundle? Yeah, if you're not, then you get two. <laughs> you get we two really, only. We, we were <laughs> we ride or die with our bundle stores. <laughs> <laughs> our bundle boys. Yeah, get over here, you bundle boy. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, too, is the kid in Something is Killing the Children um, gay? Yes. He is. Okay. I was like, I was wondering if there was already a gay character in Something is Killing the Children because our lead in Enter the House of Slaughter is. Oh, I thought you meant the lead in House of Slaughter. I don't know about the kid. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I said yes prematurely. I was just going to say that it's something James Tinian does in most of his books. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, here's our yeah. uh, male lead. Here's our queer character. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully Fox News doesn't catch on. (laughs) (laughs) More gays in comics. Can't have that. More coming up with Tucker Carlson. Uh, That's it for First Issue Club. We covered a lot. Said a lot of things I'll probably cut out. But we love you anyway. We love drinking Boulevard beer. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.